So, welcome to the Salsa Soul Food Podcast with Angela Spignese and, and Mark and Mark Damon. We're here. We're, we're in your ears. We're ready. Yes, we're ready. And what I wanted to ask you, Mark. So, what have you been working on? recently with your health or how are you feeling overall because i know we've been quarantined yeah so i am struggling for sure do you know those it's it's like an internet joke right now that was like the first couple days of quarantine like i'm gonna get my health together i'm gonna exercise Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take some me time i'm gonna clean up my closet i'm going to clean the bathroom I, de- I definitely had that at the beginning of all this. And now I'm just really, I mean, I've, I've taken it hard in general because I can't see my girlfriend and it's. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't even ask you about that. Yeah. That's I don't so see it. I mean, okay. So I know we, we bend the rules ever so slightly where we do like backyard hangs. I know you're not even supposed to do that um, when it comes to social distancing, but we'll just drink some beers in yeah. the backyard and I bring a little lawn chair and I just sit there far away from her and we talk in the backyard and that's the most interaction i mean we'll you know do zoom and call each other but that's like in person so i've I've been taking that really hard it really sucks um i'm so sorry i i didn't even ask you about that that's it's all good I, i mean yeah i wish we could live together i know people question why we're why we're so strict and it is because she lives with someone who is at risk and mm-hmm. you know i would imagine imagine that feeling where i brought COVID into her house without knowing because i was asymptomatic or something like that so that's just something that we're we're constantly thinking about so yeah it's 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 tough but i've been trying to you know still keep up an exercise regimen and yeah, you've been running. Well, you, you messaged me one day and you're like, I'm running three times a day. But it was a typo. I was like, damn, he's getting fit. Yeah, I've been doing three miles where um, now, uh, my first run with a mask was two days ago. Oh, yeah. How was it? That oh, sucks. Oh, my goodness. It sucks. So I'll, I'll put the mask on and anytime I see someone in the distance, I'll you know leave it up. But if, if I see no one for a while, I'm taking that sucker off because it's just like, it's like hot breath inside yeah, of there. Yeah, I can't breathe. Yeah, uh, it's the worst. Yeah. So, but it's good because I've been kind of running around the, um, I mean, this is very local to us, but we have a new casino in Everett, Massachusetts that is closed <laughs> down now, but it still has like great grounds. So I'll run around that. Oh, it's yeah. kind of ghost town. People do still walk around it um, because, I mean, maybe they're all thinking like I'm thinking like, oh, it's a closed casino. We can all. Yeah, like they get alone. Um, but at certain times of the day, it's really deserted, and that's a nice place to run. Ooh, that's no, that's great. Yeah. I my mom made me like a um, a face mask out of a sock, and I put it on today, and it looks like I have a jock strap on my mouth. Do you have it close? By? Do you have it close by? I don't. I'm so <laughs> sorry, but or it looks like it looks like little baby's underwear or something. <laughs> Once you take it off, it looks like that. A jock strap. Um, yeah, so that's been funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Add <laughs> some humor to all this. <laughs> yeah, to wear a sock. Because I had to go to the grocery store because we'll do the food shopping for my whole family. Mm. Uh, not the whole family, just my parents and, and us. Uh, so, yeah, that's why we had to get our masks ready to go. Are you, are you watching anything fun through quarantine? Do you have any recommendations? I really got into Hasidic Judaism. <laughs> during quarantine because there's a special called unorthodox on netflix and it follows the life of a girl who is an um orthodox jew in williamsburg new york which is like a huge hasidic jewish population there mm-hmm. um and then there's also that one is like a very specific story of how restrictive the religion can be but then there's another one that takes place in israel called Shtisel, which is more like realistic it, it gives it more like a human feel to like the religion so i basically have a phd in hasidic studies or i don't know what you would call it so that's what i've been into and now like i've watched all i can so what about you i have been getting very emotional watching crossfit documentaries oh my god you keep <laughs> sending me videos of them where is that through? Okay, so I know that this has become like kind of like a thing of of you know 
you get really emotional during quarantine and weird things make you cry. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I might be putting my girlfriend on blast here for, for a second, but like she doesn't listen to this podcast, so whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> she doesn't listen to anything I do. And so she has like a toe problem where like she either crushed it by accident or like wore the wrong shoes for a little while. And it's just like a not, not a good looking toe. Um, and I was watching this CrossFit documentary and one of the, one of the people they were following, like did a run. And at the end she was like, Oh, my toe fell off. She's like, she's like, Oh, well, that's just, you know, at least I got a good time. Like she was just like so cool about it, but like, she was kind of sad. She was like, it'll grow back. And then I started welling up because it reminded me of my girlfriend. And (laughs) again, I can't, I can't see her. So I'm, I'm, I'm welling up watching CrossFit documentaries, like a, like a lunatic. Hey everyone, this is Mark from the future. I definitely said her toe fell off when I really meant her toenail fell off. Back to the show! No, that's so nice though. I mean, no, it's not nice. What I meant to say was that's Angela saying nonsense. What I meant to say was it's good that like you remi- like that you miss her and that it will be nice when you're finally reunited and you can have that moment. Moment. Like, I want that moment. Uh, so yeah, I recommend if if anyone likes motivational stuff, I love watching really strong people do really hard things. Um, that's fun okay. to watch. And I got one more before we get into the episode. Yeah, that's fine. Um, people should totally check out Midnight Gospel on Netflix. It is um, created by um, Pendleton Ward, who animated and created um, Adventure Time. Just kind of like a kid show but like it's become like mm-hmm. kind of like a thing with stoners that they like it too um mm-hmm. this one is duncan trussell is the is has a has a podcast in real life and what they did is they took snippets of his podcast and animated it and oh, kind of cool. created this story in this world it is so trippy but it's about faith it's about death it's about forgiveness it's about um, a lot of buddhism like it is trippy and wild and anyone who t- goes down that path like it's really fun and really cool. Ooh, I want to check that out. Got- Highly recommended. Midnight Gospel on Netflix. Midnight Gospel. Yeah. Nice. So, no, that's, that's a little, a few little tips or ideas for you guys out there for yeah. content to consume. Um, and today we have another guest. And she is going to discuss, she's a good friend, her name's Denise Fonseca. And she's going to talk a little bit about mental health resources. Uh, especially during this time and health anxiety specifically. So if you've never heard of that and you're curious about it, you definitely want to stick around. All right. So are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So welcome to episode seven of the Salsa Soul Food Podcast. This is our first official Zoom interview. So I'm very excited. And we have a special guest. Her name is Denise Fonseca. She's a good friend of mine. And she is somebody who is an advocate for people dealing with a variety of mental health issues. And she also has passion and knowledge for public health. And she's somebody who has helped me um, or pointed me to resources that I wasn't aware of with my own mental health and also taught me a lot about what health anxiety is and helped me realize that that's something that I was dealing with. So welcome to the show, Denise. I'm so happy you're here. Hi. (laughs) Thank you guys. Thank you for having me. Um, I've been listening to your episodes that have been coming out in the last couple of weeks, and I just love what you're doing. So thanks for, for having me. <laughs> oh, thanks, Denise. So I wanted to start with a couple of fun questions. So Denise is really big on social media. We love her Instagram story. Uh-huh. Um, as you can see, her background is so Instagrammable right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, draw, draw, draw attention to her background on a podcast, Angela. <laughs> oh, this is going to be on YouTube. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll drop, like, yeah we'll drop it on YouTube as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I know that you've started to have started to share more about, you know, mental health and mental health resources. So what would you say is your favorite self-care activity? You can do one that's kind of like 
simple, easy, and then one that's maybe more like luxurious for like you, just self-care in general, because I think it's fun to talk about. Okay. Yeah. I have two things that come to mind. Um, the first one, which I think, like, I think some people may know is I love taking bubble baths. <laughs> the bath is my safe place. Um, so that is my self-care uh, ac favorite activity because I just, you know, I'll put on some tunes, I'll let the warm water run and it just relaxes me right away. And sometimes I'll put on a candle. So it gets me relaxed. Um, and the second self-care activity is journaling. Um, I, yeah, I really love to journal and it just lets me kind of, uh, work through some thoughts I'm having about anxiety or stress. So it just really helps me process whatever it is I'm feeling. Yeah. Nice. Would you say Olive Garden is on there? In your oh, of course. <laughs> when I have a breadstick and it just hits that spot, I feel better. <laughs> Oh my God, it hits that spot. That's inappropriate. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, gotcha. um, <laughs> so okay, great. So taking baths and journaling, and we can talk yeah. about journaling a little more later too. Those are great. I love those. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what brought you to want to start sharing a little bit more about mental health and, you know, anything else that you'd want to share about your journey. Yeah, so, um, well, I have dealt with anxiety for a very long time. Um, and in particular with health anxiety, it started a year after I graduated from college when I was about 22 years old. Um, I found that every couple of months I was having symptoms and I started to be very concerned about my health thinking this must be something serious. Um, and I would go to the doctors, I would get several tests and the anxiety would just really build up and it would become so overwhelming. And naturally that would lead to like long bouts of depression too. So um, I've just been dealing with that kind of anxiety for a very long time now, um, even just as recent as a month or two ago. So um, what's made me want to share this is the fact that what helped me a lot during that process was going online and finding other networks and community of people who are dealing with the same kind of things. Mm -hmm. Like if you go on YouTube, there are some people who vlog about their health anxiety struggles and there are um, forums where people talk about it. So viewing that kind of content made me feel less alone. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of inspired me to want to share my story and, you know, talk about it. So others who are struggling with it to um, know that they're not alone. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And thanks for being so brave to be on the podcast. <laughs> I appreciate it because I know how difficult it is. And can you break down a little bit more, like within your own words, what health anxiety is? Because I know it was like a newer term to me, like I knew what it was, but I didn't know it as that name for like those mm -hmm. who maybe are dealing with it, but I've never heard of it before. Yeah, so health anxiety is basically when you have an excessive worry over your health. And a lot of times it happens because you are misinterpreting pain or sensations in your body. Um, and typically the concern uh, when it comes to your health is something that's very serious, that's fatal or life-threatening. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, you know, the more common term is hypochondria, I suppose. That's kind of the word people use more. Uh, yeah. But health anxiety is, I think, the term that's being used more so now. And it's like, I think it's definitely, you're seeing it a lot, especially with coronavirus going on right now. A lot of people are dealing with anxiety over their health. Yeah. I was going to even ask you that. Cause I know that you had mentioned that as well in one of your stories that people are, there's just so much stress to begin with. And then if you, if you already have been dealing with like a pre-existing condition or like a mental health issue, then that is like exacerbated, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's an intense time. So you mm -hmm. were saying um, that you really felt like things started to pick up or that you really identified things as health anxiety, things that you were feeling as health anxiety after college, right? So kind of like yeah. a, it was during like a transition period. Yeah, so it, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, in college you have like a support system of your colleagues and your friends mm -hmm. and you're kind of in the secure, secure place. And then for me, I graduated and I was outside of that. I was now in the real world. I was working. So I didn't have that system in place anymore. Um, but I also think for me and for a lot of people with health anxiety, there tends to be like an event that triggers your health anxiety. So mm -hmm. for me, 
it was the loss of my grandparents um, who both died of cancer. And I really did not deal with that very well. Like the way I found out that they had cancer was pretty traumatizing. Um, I can remember going to their funerals and finding like finding out when they passed. That whole experience just um, really kind of rocked me. So I do think that that lended itself to now being consumed with this anxiety over me getting sick and possibly dying. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's like, so it's that bit, that's, it just takes that one traumatic event and then it kind of just can explode because I can relate to you where I think I dealt with it off and on like as a child I think you and I discussed this where I had this fear of my mother dying because she was a smoker and so it wasn't an actual death but it was such a strong fear and then I thought Mm -hmm. like oh I'm gonna have a heart attack I'm gonna have lung disease kind of thing yeah like um to add to what you said my my aunt passed away from ALS and I remember seeing her like she lost her ability to speak Mm -hmm. and like I was just like riddled with like the health anxiety after that experience. Cause it's just so devastating. So, yeah. um, that's, that's really difficult. And what I wanted to say as well, um, you had said, so after college, do you know when, and this, to some people, this is important to the, and to other people it's not, but do you think it's important? Like, was there a moment when you were like, Oh, I, I'm going to put, I can put a name to what I'm feeling. Like, was there a moment when you were like, oh, this is health anxiety? Do you think that's helpful when people can like kind of put a name to what's going on or not so much? I do. Um, I absolutely do because I do think that um, for those people who've dealt with this for a long time and have had so many episodes of it, Mm -hmm. you start to see your patterns and your behaviors. You start to see like, oh, I get really anxious and then my chest starts to hurt. And then I start to think I have like a heart condition or something. That's just an example, but you start to observe these patterns that you have. And when you can name it and you're say, and you say, this is health anxiety, you start to find out what your triggers are and what your patterns are around it. And that for me has really helped me cope with my health anxiety, just like observing my own patterns around mm-hmm. my anxiety. Yeah, no, that's so important. And do you feel like the journaling and writing, has that like, has that helped you kind of pinpoint triggers or kind of talk about it more or like? get it out of your system? Yeah, it has. Um, I think journaling is very helpful for a few reasons. I think some people um, even journal sometimes about their specific symptoms, like, oh, like, you know, I am dealing with a headache. And then you start to kind of reflect like, oh, but I was dealing with a really stressful like week, right? Like work was crazy or my significant other and I were fighting. And then you start to see these patterns develop that sometimes these stressful events actually lead to these physical sensations that you're later experiencing. So I do think journaling can be good to track your symptoms and and the events around that. Um, But for me, it's also just been an outlet to like, just discuss what I'm feeling, like the anxiety I'm having, um, you know, like today, honestly, I journaled today because I'm feeling really anxious about COVID. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it helped. It helped me get it all out on paper and, and. I do feel a bit better. Yeah, no, I, I did that the other day too. And I was just like, this is, this needs to come out. Yeah. A lot of you girl. Uh, (laughs) No, for it's, it's serious. So, oh, this is something else I wanted to touch upon. So I know we talked a little bit about trauma and you, you mentioned that like very specific experience. And I know that you're also interested in sort of the mind body connection and how trauma is sort of held in the body how do you, how have you explored that within your own life and how, or how do you want to explore it further? Just like talk about that a little. Yeah. So I guess for me, um, when it comes to the mind body connection, I have observed that my body is very sensitive to anxiety and stress, you know, and I think the mind body connection is important because I think people underestimate how powerful our minds are and how anxiety and stress can actually physically manifest itself in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So for some people, you have a tight chest, your breathing feels more constricted, you get headaches, who knows whatever symptoms you may get. But I think that's what has been helpful for me is understanding that my anxiety and stress actually causes me to have symptoms. And Mm -hmm. that is kind of like the manifestation of health anxiety is when you get these symptoms and then you misinterpret them and think, oh, this is actually something really serious. When really it's just your anxiety, you know? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like kind of, yeah, pinpointing what is actually the anxiety. And then like you and I had talked about this before, where sometimes there's a gray area where the anxiety can also actually create like a true symptom. And Mm -hmm. then, for example, like someone who's super stressed, then they might actually develop like acne. And that acne like actually does need to be treated. But Mm -hmm. um it came like it was induced by the stress, if that makes sense. So I think there are like like you're saying there are some health anxiety symptoms that are not really going to lead to like a heart attack, but they might actually create something that needs to be kind of um, like healed in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's why I think it's so tricky because it can like be overlapping is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Yeah. I feel a lot of times like my mind's playing tricks on me. Like I'll have a symptom and I'm like, is this anxiety or is this a real symptom? And just kind of have to wait it out. But a lot of times when you deal with the underlying issue of whatever you're anxious about, the physical symptoms tend to go away. Mm, Okay. So, yeah. And I think something else too is that like we're talking about like overlapping and the physical symptoms, like obsessive compulsive disorder and like panic disorder. I think they all kind of live with health anxiety together. Yeah, of course they do. I actually like, I have I wanted to talk a little bit about like the kind of patterns around health anxiety, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, being hypervigilant over your symptoms or any sensations is one of the patterns. Um, Googling your symptoms is a huge one. (laughs) Do not do it, but that's what we do. Um, Also just constantly scanning your body, checking for new symptoms. Um, going to the doctors and getting tons of tests by the doctors. That's something that people with health anxiety tend to do. Questioning the doctors, not believing them all the time. Um, And lastly, people with health anxiety tend to be concerned over particular ailments like cancer, um, lymphoma, MS. Like it's, it's so bizarre. And that could be shaped by the trauma of them seeing a loved one die of a particular disease, right? So for me, my concern has always been around cancer because my two grandparents died of cancer. So those are kind of the patterns of health anxiety um, that keep us in this, this cycle of constant worry over our health. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that because that's super helpful for people to kind of hear it and be like, oh, I can connect with that. Because I'm sure any one of us, even if we don't feel like we have full-blown health anxiety or OCD or panic disorder, we that has happened to us at some point because we've all lost someone or, or seen somebody else lose someone or witness an accident or whatever it might be. So that's really helpful. And mm-hmm. yeah, and it connects back to just like trauma and and all of that that stuff as well. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, and another thing that I wanted to touch upon a little bit, kind of like shifting gears a little, but, uh, you and I have talked about this as well, about like therapy and maybe having somebody to help guide you and sort of discuss further, like all of the things that, that you're dealing with. Um, like, what is your experience with that? Do you recommend that? Like, for example, if there's someone out there who has never really heard of therapy or, I mean, of course you've heard of therapy, but they don't really know what it entails. Cause mm-hmm. I think a lot of us now are like, Oh, therapy is kind of like the norm. But if you're not within that specific group of people who talk about it, you might be lost. Do you have like yeah. any advice on that? Yeah. A couple things. So, um, I, so I briefly did um, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And in that form of therapy, it's, it's really recommended for people with health anxiety because it makes you kind of look at your patterns, your behaviors, your thoughts, and question it a bit and challenge it. So um, I would recommend that because with health anxiety in particular, like you, you tend to have irrational thoughts around your health. Mm-hmm. And with the CBT approach, they really challenge those thoughts and they try to reframe them. So I'll give you an example, but um, for example, if you have a headache and you deal with a lot of health anxiety, you may think, oh my gosh, I have a headache, which means I have a brain tumor, which means I'm going to (laughs) die. Like that's a really extreme thought pattern. But with CBT, they really make you challenge that thought and say, okay, you have a headache. Well, what other things could it be mm-hmm. like other than a brain tumor? Right. And then, okay. Say it was a brain tumor, right? Like 
what, you know, what treatments are there? And is it, is it the case that you're always going to die, right? So you're really kind of challenging these irrational thoughts and creating new thoughts, you know, to say, hey, I have a headache. It's probably just anxiety and stress. I'm just going to relax, you know, and it's mm-hmm. kind of changing the way you think. Um, another thing that I've benefited from in therapy is kind of getting to the root of whatever it was that was bothering me. So going back to like the situation with my grandparents, I think a lot of the anxiety that stemmed around that was because I didn't really grieve their death very well. Like I just didn't, you know, and I got to explore that more and it it helped me understand a lot more where my health anxiety came from, you know? So Anyway, I do recommend that those kind of treatments and those therapies for people that are curious about um, how to manage their health anxiety. Because I mean, it helped me, so I recommend it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. no, definitely. It actually reminded me, not to go off topic, but the new series "Never Have I Ever" on Netflix. I don't think you've seen it, but there's it's a girl in there, and she lost her father. Well, I'm kind of telling you, spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. But it's, the whole like the whole series is about her dealing with the grief because she'll go to her therapy sessions, and the therapist is like, "You're obsessing over a boy instead of like looking into your like the root cause of your grief." Yeah, um, which is nice to see in a television show because you don't always see it like the plot is like based on that. So, yeah. No, I definitely agree. And that's really good advice, especially for those who are new to therapy or maybe just nervous or just don't have the resources available to them. Denise, yeah. Mark, Mark Damon from the Salsa Soul Food uh, Press Pool. <laughs> hey, Mark. Do you, um, do you meditate at all? I do. Um, not like all the time, but I was actually thinking of doing it today because I, I really need to get centered. <laughs> um, but that I know is helpful because it just helps you get into your body. Um, do you have any recommendations, Mark? <laughs> well, I've I've only been doing it for like a week or so, maybe two weeks, um, because it it it's really like what what's what are you laughing at? Angela? No, you just wanted to like get that in there. <laughs> no, because she was talking about how. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, do, does anyone work out? Because I totally do as well, uh, and I can talk about it. No. Just, okay. So like, yeah, so because there's specific things I want to work on and it's it's Mm -hmm. being present and focusing because I have this issue where if someone, if I'm talking with someone and I don't know, like a baby cries in the distance, my brain just like blanks out. And Mm -hmm. and, and if there's like a screech of a train or something, I I just can't focus anymore. And I'm trying to be present and in the moment and uh, meditation is, you know, hopefully going to help with that. Because it really is all about just like focusing on on one thing, whether it be breathing or um, whatever you want within meditation. So I don't know if that is something that you could explore. Yeah, mm. no, I agree. I mean, I think like that's I've done a little bit of that uh, with everything going on with COVID because like, I don't know about you guys, but it's so natural for me to worry about my health and be like, oh my God, what if I get sick? And what if I end up in the hospital? And it's like, if you just take a moment and like actually observe yourself and you sit with your body, you're like, wait, I'm fine right now. Like I'm actually healthy. I'm fine. And I'm sitting and I'm just allowing my thoughts to just run their course and and the anxiety to loom. So um, I agree with you, Mark, that meditation in a time like this can help us just kind of get more grounded. In a time where every sore throat (laughs) or stuffy nose is like a panic attack. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. I had this stomach bug on Monday and I was like, this is my death. I'm I'm (laughs) I was like, I should like get not going to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, but you're right. Like it's, it's just a really crazy time. And I, I'm sure like every little symptom, everyone's like, oh shit. Oh, sorry. Can you not swear on this thing? Yeah, you can. I said balls. Okay. okay. You said balls so proudly. You're like, this is my podcast and I can say (laughs) balls. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, and I also, I wanted to touch back upon how you had said, like, you can, you'll, you might Google your symptoms. And I think that's such a trigger for me, especially because a lot of symptoms for many chronic illnesses or severe conditions, they're overlapping, right? So yeah. anxiety can be a symptom from multiple different things, like nausea, constipation. I'm like, this is it. My life's done. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like there are a lot of funny memes about this stuff where it's like, mm-hmm. you see a meme of someone like headache and then it's like, 
brain tumor death. And it's just, you know, these symptoms are so like ambiguous. They could be a million things and they could also just be nothing, you know? Yeah, no, it's so true. And that you and I have talked about too, about finding a practitioner who like understands that you are dealing with anxiety, but doesn't push all of your symptoms, doesn't blame them all on anxiety. And it's like, oh, you're fine. Like, like your leg is numb. So you don't need to get like a CAT scan or whatever you would get. Cause I think yeah. that's also like an opposite of extreme. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Of someone like not actually taking you seriously and blaming yeah. on that. No, for sure. And I think that's like, so in that case, like, I think it's good to have a doctor you can trust, like be very transparent with like, Hey, I deal with health anxiety, but I'm going to have times where I come in here and I'm really worried about something. So I do think it's, it's like finding the right doctor is super important when you, when you deal with this, cause you don't want someone to just brush you off, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I've had that happen to me before, but, um, yeah. So I, yeah, don't Google your symptoms, even though it's so easy to do it. Oh, it never, even the little bit of reassurance you think you're going to get from it. It's so fleeting because you're going to find something on there that just scares you. A hundred percent. Yeah. And do you feel, and you might connect to this, you might not, but because like a lot of health anxiety kind of is connected to maybe pain or these reoccurring symptoms, do you feel that women might struggle a little bit more with getting help because people might say, oh, that's just, you're, you're being kind of, you're being crazy or that's your period. Or I don't know. Now I'm not saying like all doctors or all male doctors are like, you know, against women. I'm just curious about your experience. That's a good question. It's not something I've considered. Um, I do think it's possible that women get brushed off. Um, Mm -hmm. or are taken less seriously uh, when they go to a doctor's office. So that's a big part of the reason why you have to advocate for yourself. Like Mm -hmm. if you think you need a test, push for it, you know? Um, So that's really all I can say on that. I don't, I don't know too much more about it, but um, like, I definitely have, if I felt like I wanted a test, I pushed for it, you know? And I've fortunately, I've always been fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. So make sure you find a doctor that like takes you seriously and is willing to like balance you out. Uh, if they, you know, if they know you and they know that you're an anxious person, they'll be able to at least advise you, uh, based on what they see, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I really had that experience specifically as a woman either. I was just curious because like I hear different stories, you know? So I just wanted to, to ask you that. Um, and so what, so let's say there's somebody out there who's just new to the mental health game. Uh, <laughs> would like what is this, an easy step you think that somebody can take, or multiple steps that you would recommend for people who are just lost? They're just educating themselves for the first time on these topics. Yeah. Um, good question. I mean, I would say educate yourself as much as you can, but also look into resources. So whether that's finding a therapist or doing group therapy, um, maybe for someone that's starting medication too, um, and getting that through a doctor. So, um, just finding resources and a community of people that, that might be going through the same thing. I tell you community is, makes all the difference. I have found that when I am dealing with something and it's 10, it's 10 times worse because I feel alone in it, you know, but, but once you find a community of people that, are also struggling with anxiety, like you feel less alone and it's easier to deal with. So whether that's like through a forum or uh, like group therapy, um, I think that's helpful. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And even more so now that we're all isolated, that's definitely like a huge, a huge thing. Yeah. And you brought up something again that I wanted to talk about. What are your views on medication? Because I know that in like sort of the holistic health world some people have very strong views against medication and i fall somewhere like i believe that that's up to you and that's your choice and each person is very unique but i wanted to hear your perspective yeah so um i do so i do take medication um i take one pill a day and it's been a life changer for me um i understand that everyone has different views but i did a year of like talk i did well actually i did about six months of talk therapy before I decided to go on medication. So I did that because I knew like, 
in my talk therapy sessions, I was learning so many tools that I should be implementing, but I just couldn't do it. Like I was, I don't know what it was. There was something in my brain that couldn't put into action these, these things that would make my life better. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I started taking medication, it just, it was a game changer. I could do everything. Um, I could implement those tools and my life just got easier. So, um, I'm not, I'm not like super, uh, like I can't really speak to like the the chemical compounds and everything and the adverse or effects it could have on your body, but I will say from my experience, I've been just fine on medication and it's made my mental health a lot better to deal with. So yeah, and it seems yeah. like you definitely like were educated on it. Like you didn't just like start taking a medication that your doctor prescribed. Like you went through talk therapy, you had like a support yeah. group. So I think yeah. um, that's like really important, and that's that's really great. Yeah, I guess it's good to know there, when you do start on medication, there are some side effects. So be wary of that. Um, I had like a little bit of an upset stomach. My mouth was quite dry. My eyes have are quite dry now. So when I put on contacts, it's annoying. I have to hydrate my eyes all the time. So, I mean, there are some side effects to medication, but if you can work through that, um, you might like anyone might be able to benefit from it. You know, it might help just kind of dealing with the anxiety, it just gets a little easier. Yeah, no, I think that's important. It's important to talk about that because there's so many different views on that. And I think that everybody needs to just like educate themselves, advocate for themselves and just like move forward, do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so next on my list here, <laughs> are there any particular mental health resources that I know you've mentioned them, like, but are there any specific ones that you'd want to share or even books or things like that, that you might be find helpful? For just anxiety in general? Yeah, it can be anything that has helped you. It can be anxiety, depression, like just like mental health in general. Um, that's a good question. Damn, Ange, you got these good questions. Um, yeah. Uh, resources let's see i do yoga with adrian that's helpful okay that's a resource for me with my mental health um it just helps me kind of get in tune with my body and she has a lot of great videos not just like videos on yoga but well they're yoga videos but they focus on anxiety depression grief all these other kind of themes around mental health mm -hmm. um i have used the uh what is the meditation app um, no, no, no. Um, what is it called? Uh, there's, there's a, I have a meditation app on my phone. I can't. That's okay. okay. You can tell me later and we can put it in the show notes. That's fine. Okay. Got it. So there are some meditation apps that I've used, um, to do some meditation. Um, I mean, I do, so I use Headspace. a journal as a reason. Yes. Headspace. That's what it is. Headspace. Thanks, Mark. I use Headspace um, and I use, I journal, I suppose that's a resource <laughs> that yeah. for me helps me deal with my mental health. Um, yeah. So, and I actually, I do watch a lot of YouTube videos sometimes about people with health anxiety. That's been huge for me because again, just finding other people that are going through the same thing and um, experiencing what I'm experiencing has been helpful for me to kind of cope with it. Um, and a therapist has been helpful too. Um, that's an, another mental health resource is finding a therapist that you can talk about your problems with. Yay. Can I jump in on that one? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, finding a therapist I know is kind of, um, something that could induce some anxiety in general. I just know that like looking mm -hmm. for one and calling one and trying to find someone, um, I haven't personally had to deal with this, but I know someone with anxiety who, you know, always want like wanted one, but didn't want to schedule it or even like window shop a therapist or, you know, how you're supposed to like have a couple sessions, see if you're good for each other. Like that yeah. in itself was stressful. Like, yeah. what would you recommend to someone who's has to deal with that on top? Like when they're trying to find help, the, the act of getting help gives them anxiety. Yeah, that's a good question. So I know that online, um, if you're looking for a therapist, you may be able to find reviews of those therapists um, that other clients have left. And I've found that to be helpful. Um, yeah. So 
when I was looking for a therapist before, I depended on those reviews a lot. And you, and if you schedule like a consultation, um, you can kind of get to know their style and, and their approach. And I have actually, I was going to work with this one lady, but after doing that consultation with her, I didn't think it would be a good fit. So you're kind of vetting to make sure you're finding one that's right for you. Um, yeah. Good question. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I agree. I agree about the whole process of finding a therapist in itself is like, it's a headache because it's not only an issue in terms of finding the right fit, it's an, it's an issue when it comes to insurance. You need to find yes. a therapist that takes your insurance. And if I remember correctly, a lot of therapists are now moving out of network because of issues with insurance companies. So it's a struggle to find someone with the limited amount of therapists that are out there and the high demand, but you know, it's, it's possible, you know, there, hopefully there, there's still some out there that are available and therapists, there have been more requests for therapists, I think in the midst of everything going on with COVID. So. Yeah. And i I keep getting all those advertisements about, you know, text to therapist or you, you know, those, Angela, do you yeah. know anything about that either? Like, how do you feel about that? Because uh, it's just like, hey, anytime, twenty four seven. If you're if you're having any issue, just send a text and I'll chat. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it's a good alternative for people that may not be able to access a like a therapist that they can just video chat with. But me personally, I I don't think that's my preference. You know, I like to be able to see the person and talk to them yeah. over the phone versus doing it through a text. And uh, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, it's hard not to think like, is this a bot? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think oh it's just because I've had too many experiences where you get those automatic messages and you're like, mm -hmm. is this a human or a, per or a robot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to cut that out, but. <laughs> no, we're keeping it in. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't want to offend any like, therapists that use that kind of I don't want to offend any bots avenue. out there yeah <laughs> yeah. No, yeah that's true everything is more virtual now and I even know like yeah there's like tele appointments or telehealth sorry Tele and then, yeah telehealth or telemed yeah so and I know like insurance companies are trying to cut back co-pays and certain things so maybe it's more helpful for certain people at this time if you have insurance but if you don't yeah you're it's tricky. There's also a website. I forget the name of it. It has like, I'm going to embarrass myself because it has like a teacup as like the logo, but you can go on there and chat with therapists and then like schedule them online. I'll have to put it in the show notes wow. and find it, but that's also that's a good strange. resource probably during this time as well. Yeah. Dealing, dealing with mental health and wanting to talk to someone. I also wanted to ask you, so there are a lot of misconceptions around, you know, therapy and mental health in general and anxiety. Like what is a myth that you want to uh, break or like something that's false that everyone thinks about people with anxiety or mental health? And what is something out there that you just want to say like, no, that's not how it really is? That's a good question. Um, oh, that's a good like it, 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 something that someone has assumed about you, knowing that knowing or not knowing that you have anxiety, and kind of what, yeah, like what's yeah. Okay, this is actually a good question. So, um, with my mental health, sometimes it makes me less of a people person. And I can come across as a bitch. I'll be honest. I'm not very friendly. I'm short with people. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, if others can relate to it. But when you're dealing with high levels of anxiety, stress, or depression, you're not in a position to want to make friends and to want to be affable with others. And so I guess what I would like to share is that if people see that side of me, I'm not a bitch. I promise. Um, and we're all just struggling and we don't know how to cope with it. And sometimes that makes us reserved and retreat into ourselves. And, you know, and so that's something that I hope people can understand is that mental health sometimes makes you act in a way that you don't want to act, you know, like I wish I could be friendly and chipper and smile all the time, but when I'm dealing with anxiety, I'm just not in a place where I can do that, you know? Yeah. It's like, you might have to cancel plans. You might not want to talk on the phone. 
or yeah, like I, I definitely can relate to that, especially living with the house in a house with multiple people. It's, and I'm so thankful that I can live with my family, but it also has made me realize that I need so much time to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, I had that thought today. I'm like, I feel like such a bitch. I feel so guilty. Like I feel a lot of guilt. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, it's just because I'm straight up anxious and I want to be in my own thoughts sometimes. So thank you. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think like with everything going on right now, I mean, think about it. We're all stuck at home and some of us live with a lot of people, right? Or maybe you live with only one other person, but it's so normal to be irritable and like to get easily annoyed in a time like this. And so I think people, for us to just understand, hey, this is normal because of the circumstances we're in, because we're dealing with high levels of anxiety. Like, I think it helps to kind of neutralize that a bit, you know, and for people not to take it personal, just know that we're, we're in a tough situation right now. Yeah. And it's, it's true too, that like everyone's anxiety is different. Like some people's anxiety forces them to want to be super hyper and social and other people's anxiety. It's like, no, I need to be left alone. Cause I think a lot of people, Oh, like she's depressed because she wants to be alone or she's anxious or he's anxious. When in reality, someone who's overly social can also be dealing with that same anxiety too. Oh, I have one more, one more. Uh, I often, uh, I've heard this before, but for people that deal with depression or anxiety, sometimes I've heard like, oh, if you just try to think positive thoughts, you know, you'll, you'll just be happier. And that is absolutely not true. It's very complex, like what we're dealing with. So just thinking positive thoughts alone, isn't going to like erase the, the feelings of anxiety that you're dealing with. So just thought I'd share that. <laughs> yeah, that makes me angry, actually. <laughs> like, I, I actually, I, not to say that I haven't used positive mantras and, like, positive psychology to help me, because I have, but I think yeah. it's having someone, like, I've been in a panic attack, though, and people are like, oh, you're fine. I'm like, no, in my mind, I'm on my deathbed, so let me be on my yeah. deathbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like telling someone with anxiety not to worry is like telling water not to be wet. It's just not going to work. Oh, I like that one. That's a tweetable I got, that. <laughs> I got that from Pinterest. <laughs> got that from Pinterest. Do, do either of you have mantras or is that something you don't share? Um, um, I have one that's just be here now, which is not, a, that's everywhere. It's on, it like, it's, no, I did not make that up, but I like that mantra because it just like, it makes you be present. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very similar to the one I heard that I like. It's um, I I'm I'm loving awareness. So like, be here now. I'm loving awareness. It's all kind of yeah, kind of, it's kind of wrapped up together. Yeah, that's okay. a good. And one. do you have a mantra? <laughs> Mine. Sometimes I'll do funny ones. I was trying to think of like a funny one, but um, I like um, like I release guilt because I tend to feel really guilty about things. So that's like just a basic a basic one. And then like, yeah. or like I release toxins when I feel like my body's just like, I have a lot of chronic symptoms. I'm like, I release the toxins from my body. <laughs> One time I said like, I think I said my hormones are glowing or something crazy. These are all the great bathroom statements I say to myself. I'm releasing toxins. Exactly. <laughs> Feel you know that And I like them to just to be simple or or funny, because then you can just have a good laugh, a good chuckle. Yeah. That's so, funny. yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. But, yeah, we're, I'm so happy that you shared all your, your intimate details with us about health anxiety. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, it's, like, not something I've ever really talked about, and I will say, like, I think there's a lot of stigma with health anxiety. So um, I'm just glad to do my part and to kind of break that stigma a bit. So, you know, there are a lot of people who suffer with it and it's not always taken like seriously. Um, so just knowing that there's others out there that struggle with it, I think is a start. Yeah, no, I know that I'm, I know, and it's my hope too, that when people listen to this, they can relate to your story and they'll, they'll be able to take the next step forward in their healing process after healing what or hearing what you've been through and hearing some of your resources as well. And Mm -hmm. I want to ask, where can people find you on the socials? Oh, um, my Instagram account, which is Denise underscore Denise seven. 
Um, <laughs> I do sometimes go on there and talk about mental health. Like I want to do that more because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. But like 99% of the time, it's just me being goofy around the house and stalking my fiance. So yeah, no, I love like if anyone is in the middle of a panic attack, go watch Denise's stories because they will make you laugh and they'll calm you down. And it will be Tom doing like a virtual walk and making a cake. <laughs> Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that was the I, I have not seen virtual walks until looking at your Instagram. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> it is. Well, you know what's crazy? He's been doing virtual runs. So he like runs in place and he on YouTube it'll be like a virtual run of Portugal. But we got yelled at by by our neighbor because they could hear Tom's footsteps. I'm like, of course, you're running like in a, on the second floor of an apartment. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like that's can't do yeah. that. Can we all just we calm down for a second during quarantine? Like, let the boy run through <laughs> Portugal. If he wants to freaking <laughs> run through Portugal. Everyone I just know. relax. <laughs> yes. No, you're right. Um, but it's just a great activity, and it'll help you get your steps up, you know, reach your Fitbit goals. So, yeah, you know, I got mine right here. Boom. Um, <laughs> so, no, thank you so much. I'm, it was so nice to hear all of your thoughts. And I'm also going to put uh, your Instagram handle in the show notes as well. So Aww. thank you for being on, Denise. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Salsa Soul Food. Yes. And Mark, your producer. <laughs> Want to end on what, what are your Salsa Soul Food goals for this month? Oh, mine? Yeah, give Fine. it to us. Yeah. Is there like a format for this? Like give, give it to her and yeah. Okay, let's break it down. Break it down. Well, salsa represents physical activity, like any goal around physical activity, right? Soul okay. represents like a self-care activity. Yeah. And food is like any activity connected to um to food. It can be like <laughs> it doesn't have to be like, oh, I want to lose weight. It can just be like anything, like I want to make a recipe, anything about that. Okay. Um, my, my salsa goal is that I want to like, um, learn more yoga moves. So like more advanced yoga moves. Mm -hmm. Um, my soul is that I want to, uh, do like different journal prompts to like like reflect more on life and whatnot. And then my food is going to be learning to make more like traditional Colombian recipes. Yes, I know. I With saw like that. a healthy twist. <laughs> uh oh. No, just make just make them and send them to me in the mail. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So that's those are my goals. <laughs> Salsa soul food, Denise Fonseca. Keeping it spicy. Keeping it real. <laughs> The Salsa Soul Food Podcast is hosted by Angela Spignese. Follow her on Instagram at Salsa Soul Food and YouTube at Angela Spignese. It's produced by me, Mark Damon. I edit and mix the podcast and also wrote the theme song. You can find us on most popular podcast services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google. If you like what you hear, please leave a review as it helps people find us. Got a question for Angela? You can write to salsasoulfood at gmail.com and your question could be featured on a future episode.